with it, thinking it might come in handy. For the next few days, my hands were full of work of one kind and another, so that it was only on Christmas Eve that I found myself at liberty to examine my purchase, which had been lying with its face to the wall since I had brought it into my studio. Having nothing to do on this night, and not in the mood to go out, I got my picture and frame from the corner, and laying them upon the table, with a sponge, basin of water and some soap, I began to wash so that I might see them the better. They were in a terrible mess, and I think I used the best part of a pack of soap powder, and had to change the water about a dozen times before the pattern began to show up on the frame, and the portrait within it asserted its awful crudeness, vile drawing, and intense vulgarity. It was the bloated, piggish visage of a publican, clearly, with a plentiful supply of jewellery displayed, as is usual with such masterpieces, where the features are not considered of so much importance as a strict fidelity in the depicting of such articles as watch guard and seals, finger rings and breast pins. These were all there, as natural and hard as reality. The frame delighted me, and the picture satisfied me that I had not cheated the dealer with my price, and I was looking at the monstrosity as the gaslight beat full upon it, and wondering how the owner could be pleased with himself as thus depicted, when something about the background attracted my attention. A slight marking underneath the thin coating, as if the portrait had been painted over some other subject. It was not much, certainly, yet enough to make me rush over to my cupboard where I kept my spirits of wine and turpentine, with which and a plentiful supply of rags, and began to demolish the publican ruthlessly, in the vague hope that I might find something worth looking at underneath. A slow process that was, as well as a delicate one, so that it was close upon midnight, before the gold cable rings and vermilion visage disappeared, and another picture loomed up before me. Then, giving it the final wash-over, I wiped it dry, and set it in a good light on my easel, while I filled and lit my pipe and then sat down to look at it. What had I liberated from that vile prison of crude paint? For I did not require to set it up to know that this bungler of a brush had covered and defiled a work as far beyond his comprehension as the clouds are from the caterpillar. The bust and head of a young woman of uncertain age merged within a gloom of rich accessories, painted as only a master hand can paint, who is above asserting his knowledge, and who has learned to cover his technique. It was as perfect and natural, in its sombre yet quiet dignity, as if it had come from the brush of Moroni. A face and neck, perfectly colourless in their pallid whiteness, with the shadows so artfully managed that they could not be seen. And for this quality it would have delighted the strong-minded Queen Bess. At first, as I looked, I saw in the centre of a vague darkness a dim patch of grey gloom that drifted into the shadow. Then the greyness appeared to grow lighter as I sat from it and leaned back in my chair until the features stole out softly and became clear and definite, while the figure stood out from the background as if tangible, although having washed it, I knew that it had been smoothly painted. An intent face, with delicate nose, well-shaped although bloodless lips, and eyes like dark caverns, without a spark of light in them. The hair loosely about the head and oval cheeks, 
massive, silky-textured, jet-black, and lustreless, which hid the upper portion of her brow with the ears and fell in straight indefinite waves over the left breast, leaving the right portion of the transparent neck exposed. The dress and the black round were symphonies of ebony, yet full of subtle colour and masterly feeling. A dress of rich brocaded velvet, with a background that represented a vast receding space, wondrously suggestive and awe-inspiring. I noticed that the pallid lips were parted slightly, and showed a glimpse of the upper front teeth, which added to the intent expression of the face. A short upper lip, which curled upward, with the underlip full and sensuous.